tired of seeing people fake it. I want real Christianity with real people who struggle. Why? Because people who struggle and overcome are able to overcome more and able to deal with more things. Look, terrible things. We understand that God is still sovereign. And, and, I, and I don't mean that in some really light way that we just pitch that up and say, ah, it's just God's sovereignty. No, he's building something in you. And it's his sovereign plan to do exactly that. I'm suffering in the midst of my trial. God, I need wisdom and insight. God is not going to turn his back on you and forget you. That's preposterous. Somebody threw you the keys to a brand new car, all right? Everything's going good in your life, and that's generally when most of us, if we were to be honest and pull away the veneer of false Christianity to say, yeah, that's the time in my life when I feel like I'm least close to God. And it's in the trials and the tribulations and the tough times when we need that wisdom and when we're forced to our knees to ask for that wisdom that we generally see most of the growth in the Christian life. Because I know Christ and I have a relationship with him and I love him. And if I'm flying really high, I have the propensity to think I've done it, that I got me there, that I helped out my situation. When in reality, a lot of times God allows success in our life to show us how far away we have gotten from him in our walk. And it's the flip-flop for the world, isn't it? It's the exact opposite for the world. The world will say, yeah, he's doing something right because God is blessing him. He's pouring out Mercedes. He's pouring out money. He's pouring out a new house. He's got all this stuff. That just must mean God's blessing him. No, that's, that's ridiculous. That's preposterous to think that. Why? Because God may be allowing, for that individual who thinks that, he may be allowing Satan to bring them everything they want in order that they ain't going to get a foot closer to God and they will die in their sin and go to hell. So the focus, your focus in the valley of testing, that reveals your heart. If you honestly think about it, that reveals your heart. Everything in this world, absolutely everything in this world that people get all jacked up about, excited about, will go away if it is not of God, if it is not of Christ, if it is not a work of the Holy Spirit, it will be burned up. You ain't taking that into heaven. It's not going to happen. And boasting is what godless, self-centered people do. I'm going to say that again. Boasting is what godless, self-centered people do. And that should not be indicative of us as Christians that we should boast in anything other than Christ. And again, James makes it very clear that God isn't behind the temptation. He's behind the trial. He's not behind the temptation. I'm going to say that again. God is not behind the temptation. He is behind the trial. All right, two places you're going to get temptation from. Your own wicked lust and Satan. Period. They're going to blame shift. All right? We don't need to be blame shifters. Sometimes Satan's at fault. Yes, 100%. But guess what? A lot of times, it's just our own wicked hearts. It's just our own wickedness that's creeping to the surface. And if you're unregenerate, the only thing that you'll be able to do is bear wickedness. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every time you see that in Scripture, pump the brakes. Stop and look at both sections. Why should I not be deceived? Well, because guess what? If you give yourself over to your own lust, you're going to die, fool, because you ain't asking for wisdom. Point your eyes and your feet. Point your eyes and your feet towards he who cannot change. Rejoice and experience joy in the midst of your trial. James 
is saying. You're going to find this. The joy he's, he's talking to us about here is not this earthly temporal joy. Yeah, I just found a $5 bill on the sidewalk. No, it's a, it's a joy and a peace that goes above earthly understanding and earthly expectations. This is a higher joy that in my suffering, I, I can see that God is good and He has brought me here. He has sustained me and He is drawing me closer to Himself because He's telling me, ask for faith and I'm going to give it to you because I'm a good father. I'm a good father and I want my kids. I want, me personally, earthly, I want my kids to grow up and do great things for God. That's the good gift. That's so hard for us to grasp. Didn't believe it when I first read it. No, it's not a gift. It's terrible. It's terrible. <sighs> Am I willing to view it as a good gift? Is this a bittersweet providence? Guess what? That's what the text says. It doesn't matter what I think or you think. That's what the text says. So we have to understand that if God's true and he's real and the Bible's inerrant, infallible and sufficient, that God's word is indeed true. He's saying you should count it all joy. You should view this as a joy. Every good gift is from the unchanging God. God himself slaughtering God on the cross in order to provide forgiveness of sin. Because guess what? If I get put up for your sin, God can kill me and just disintegrate me. I will never be able to atone for your sin in the same way you would never be able to atone for mine. And that is why it took an eternal, perfectly holy, perfectly blameless, perfectly sinless Christ who was also God in order that he could deal with the wrath of God for a short amount of time and propitiate sin for those who are God's. Wow. That's the cross. If it bring God glory, so let it be done unto me. If by my gruesome death, at the name of Christ, some unconverted sinner sees that I refuse to recant and I endure to the end, though the torture be great. The glory does not go to me. The glory goes to God. And that sinner gets a glimpse of the work that God is doing in this temporal realm. You're going to work out your faith because if your faith is real, God's going to give you power to work it out. He did the same thing with his son, which makes, what on earth would make us think that we're any different? that God cannot predestine the life that we're about to walk out, the trials that we're about to go through, the tough times that we're going we're gonna to have to deal with in order that what? He could draw us closer to Himself. And that possibly through our faithful endurance, possibly through our faithful endurance, maybe it's a byproduct, maybe it's not, I don't know. I'm not sovereign. But that some unbeliever would see that and say there is something different about the way that these people handle things. 